Sons of Porthos. As a result of Joel's scheming and the efforts of Frite, Bonlaron, and the others, the city of Freiburg has fallen to the French. As Marshal Crecy and his army march in triumph through the gates, the governor of Freiburg, Colonel Schultz, is sneaking out through a secret passage from the great castle, determined not to suffer the humiliation of handing his sword and the keys of the city to the conquering marshal. He is using the way of escape from the doomed city. Unfortunately for the corpulent colonel. As he opens the door, he is confronted by the enormous and forbidding figure of Joel. Going somewhere, Colonel Schultz? Humba. A slight correction, Colonel. Captain Joel of Lac Marier of Marshal Criquet's army. What do you want? What are you doing here? I came for you. My dear Colonel, you were such a good host last night that I am anxious to introduce you to my commander, Marshal Criquet, who is now entering the city. I, uh... I, I was just going to get my cloak and hat so I could meet him with you ceremony. This cloak and hat? Where did you get that? I uh, borrowed them last night. They were most useful, I assure you. But I am no thief and have brought them back to you that you may dress suitably for the handing over of Freiburg. Never. What did you say? Never. Freiburg you may have, but Franz Schultz, never. <laughs> so you are running away, my friend. What a good thing I came along in time. Marshal Crakey would have been most disappointed not to have met you. But you are too late. Look! Look there! Well, now I have you. No, you haven't! How <laughs> so you thought I would fall for such a trick as that? Oh, Colonel Schultz, you must be desperate indeed to try such a thing on me. Oh, no, my friend, don't edge around that way, for I am ready for you, and my sword shall speak for me if you go too far. Then let it speak! <laughs> so you've tried to shoot me and fail. Now you try the sword. Yeah. You may be oversized to frighten little children, but I am I'm not afraid. You stand between me and my friends. Do you think I will let you live? Do you think I, Franz Schultz, will kneel before the French Marshal and offer up my sword? Yes, monsieur, I think you will. Then you think wrongly. On the other side of you, there's a door, a secret door, which will take me to the forest and freedom. Do you think I will let an overgrown Frenchman stand between me and freedom? You would fight better, monsieur, if you talked less. Ah, a young upstart like you. They all think they can fence these days, but it takes a master to know the way. I was fought by one of your own men. That should amuse you. A French musketeer taught me to use a sword. That's why I find your attack so easy to overcome. <laughs> I know all your thrusts. Here's one perhaps you do not know. <laughs> I call that the thrust of Porthos. Well, monsieur, have you anything to say? I, I am at your mercy, Captain. No, do not shiver, Colonel. I will not kill you. At least, not yet. There has been enough death in Freiburg this day. Besides, you have work to do. Work? I brought your cloak and hat. It is your duty to hand your sword and the city's keys to my Lord Marshal Crecy. 
I don't intend letting you miss that ceremony. Come now. The Lord is waiting in the square. I will carry your sword for you, just in case. Are you ready? And march! You have carried out your promise. And we now look at Freiburg from the inside. It is to you, Chevalier, we owe this victory to the king's arms. And to my comrade. Of course. I have already spoken with Captain Frique and the good Bon Laurent. You are all to be congratulated on this day's victory. The impatience of youth has done well for itself today. Our campaign is over. Over? Do you mean technically? The ceremony in the square half an hour ago, when Colonel Schultz handed over his sword and the keys of Freiburg. At that moment, our campaign was over. With the capture of Freiburg, we have drawn the teeth of the Prince of Lorraine. France has no more to fear from Duke Charles. Of course, there are things to be done still, but the campaign is over. And the king only charged you to keep me by you until that was accomplished. That is so. But I have one more duty to require of you. Oh, the Lord, most willingly would I serve you in any way, but I am most anxious. You will not mind this duty, Chevalier, I assure you. Here are the flags handed over to us today by the enemy, the standards of the Imperial Regiment, the Cornac and the Town Guard. Someone has to ride with them to Saint-Germain. You mean I am to take them? None is more worthy of the task, and none has better reason to make haste. My Lord... The king shall have his flags without delay. I shall leave immediately. I knew I couldn't have chosen a more eager messenger. The keys of Freiburg also must be carried to his majesty. And these I am entrusting to Captain Frieke. So you will have company on your journey. I am more proud and happy than I can say. Take the flags then, Chevalier. And may good luck ride with you. I have no need to say that I am proud to have commanded such a one as you. You may rest assured that His Majesty will be notified of your part in the capture of Freiburg. While Joel is thinking of Aurora and how soon he will be able to see her again, and while Frike is saddling the horses and dreaming of his beloved Paris, far away in the good town of Saint Germain, Aurora de Loch Maria is thinking of Joel and Freiburg. All unknowing of the exciting events that have taken place there, she sits this morning talking happily with her friend, Francoise Daubigny. Now that the king has obtained peace at the Nimbergen Congress, they say at court that the cause of Duke Charles is quite hopeless. They say he has no army now with which to relieve Freiburg. And oh, Francoise, once Freiburg falls to us, then Joël will come home. I shall be as glad to see the giant as you will. Oh, no, Francois. That would be quite impossible. Sometimes, I think I live only when Joël is here. I do but walk about now and do as I am told, like a puppet on a string. Mm. That is a romantic idea, child. But it isn't safe to be too pliable in this court, particularly when you are in a position of influence. Oh, you speak as though I were the most important person in the court. And I am only the Queen's reader. I speak for your own good. Oh, dear Francoise, 
You look after me as well as all the children, don't you? But you've no need to worry. I am much too busy now to get into mischief. My Lord Montreuil has driven us all to distraction these last few days. I vow if the king had come home yesterday, we'd have been wrong to him. What is it you say? What's the matter, Francoise? You knew the king was due back from Nimbergen yesterday. No. No, I did not know. You did not tell me, and you know how little contact I have with the palace, even though I live so close. Oh, well, it doesn't matter. I meant to tell you. Oh, child, I wish you had. You promised you would tell me everything. Truly, I am sorry, but I forgot. In any case, he did not come. But he is due back soon. They say on Friday. Why, I... It is of great moment to me. To you? Francoise, is anything wrong? You have gone quite pale. No. No, of course there is nothing wrong. But why were you so distressed? Why was it so important that you should know when His Majesty returned? Has it something to do with the Marchioness? No. At least he is out of this. No, it was something quite different. And, as you say, it does not matter. He did not come back yesterday, and so heaven has granted me a little grace. There is still time. I do not understand what you are talking about. Never mind. It is nothing. What time are you due back at the palace? Oh, immediately. With his majesty returning this week, you may imagine the state Montoya is in. And everyone else for that matter. The arrival of the king seems to bring every intrigue and scandal and doubtful scheme bubbling up to the top again. Everyone has an axe to grind when the king comes home. I'm glad you realize all this. Oh, it has nothing to do with me. I'm just a simple country girl. Well outside all these plottings and plannings. And your friend, the Duke of Almada, is he outside it too? Oh, I should think so, because of his official position. I do wish you liked him better, Francoise. He has been so kind to me. And since it was rumored that the king was returning, he has made time to see so much of me. As if he knew how tired and busy I was. He has kept a most fatherly eye on me. That is very kind of him, I'm sure. He thinks I'm looking pale. He thinks Lord Montpellier is working me too hard. He wants me to take some... some potion. No. What's what, what is the matter? If you are not well, Aurora, you should see Her Majesty's doctor. He would prescribe for you. But there is nothing wrong with me. Unless perhaps I am tired. And lonely for Joanne. Then do not take this potion recommended by the Duke. Why, you speak as if it would poison me. If I had taken it before... You remember, I told you how the Duke looked after me that time on the Sumo Road when you went. Yes, I remember. But this time... Oh, Raw, take care of yourself, I beg of you. Of course I shall. Don't worry on my behalf. Oh, and now I must go. I'll come and see you again soon. Goodbye, Francois. Goodbye, Raw. Goodbye, child. Honorum will let you out. And would you send him back to me? I have a message for him to deliver. I will. Goodbye. Oh, heaven help the child. Her eyes are too clear to detect the web that closes around her. Where is my quill and paper? I hoped I'd not have to write this note. But now I have no choice. To Chevalier de Locke Maria. Private. Oh, is that you, Honorine? Come in. I have a message for you to deliver. It is most urgent and most confidential. I can trust it only in your hands and... Oh, my lady. 
Madame Lamont is then. I... I... What are you doing here? 